0: I like to think about these early the bup Okay. Grandpa 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 proposed to my
1: <laughs> From Boogie Lamb Media. This is on Carlson Drive. A dusty little dirt road of memories from the wit and whimsy of Wendy Bonifield. Today's episode, The Best People God Ever Created.
0: I hesitate to write about my grandma and grandpa because I love them so much. They meant so much to me in my growing up years. Such an amazing example of love, of generosity, kindness... I don't think I have ever heard my grandparents say an unkind word about anyone, ever. Even when my grandmother would tell me stories about difficult times in her life, or those around her, she never spoke unkindly about others. At the end of my grandmother's life, when she could no longer communicate or care for herself, my grandpa never left her side. He was there with her, talking to her, caring for her until the end. Every time I walked into their house, I was greeted with joy and love. My family moved a lot. My grandma and my grandpa's house was the one consistent house in my life. It's the house I grew up in, a place where I knew I was loved. I am not a good enough writer to capture these two people. Anything I write will only be a faded shadow of how I feel about them, about how wonderful they were and what they meant to me. Maybe I'll simply give you a little bit of their story instead. They have a sweet love story. I only know little bits and pieces of it from the stories my mother and my grandmother told me. I will piece it together the best I can. My grandfather Wally's sister Phyllis and my grandmother Lucille were friends. Phyllis had told Lucille about her brother Wally, the high school football star, but Lucille thought he sounded conceited. Wally and Lucille met for the first time at Phyllis's birthday party. When Grandma tells the story, she says, He walked me home, and I decided he was nice, and I liked his hair. When my mother tells me the story, she adds the fun detail that Wally walked all the girls home, but he saved Lucille for last, even though it was out of the way. And just recently, I learned from Grandpa that they played spin the bottle and post office at the party, and he got a few smooches from Lucille. Scandalous. Although he did not get one after he walked her home. Then Grandma would say, so after that, when choir practice was over, I would wait for him until he was done with band practice. And we started dating. Lucille's parents were Hilda and Royal. Hilda had a club foot and other serious health issues and was told she would not be able to have children. They had seven children and Lucille was right in the middle at number four. My grandma described her home to me once as a warm and happy home. We always had Christmas, even in the very lean years. My mother would make doll clothes and my father would build things. Royal worked at a meat packing plant and apparently didn't like to eat chicken and would never eat hot dogs. He could fix anything, Grandma would say with pride. Royal provided for the family through the Depression years with odd jobs or picking up old tires and paper for junk. I always assumed that meant he no longer had the job at the meatpacking plant. Hilda kept a neat and clean house with a regular housekeeping schedule. Washing on Monday, iron on Tuesday, mending on Wednesday, and so on. Although some days Hilda's legs would be too painful to stand, so Royal would do the ironing at night, and Hilda would read his favorite Zane Grey westerns. Grandma remembers all the family enjoyed hearing her mother read stories, as well as play the piano. During the Depression years, the family lived in the basement of her grandmother, Etta's house. Etta sounds like a wonderful character to me. Etta had three husbands. She was a businesswoman in a time when women were supposed to be quiet. And do the laundry. Her first husband, Lester, worked for the city, building roads. He was injured on the job when he was hit in the head by a rock. After that, he was unable to work. He is remembered as kind and always sitting with his dog. I believe he did much of the caring for the children. After Lester passed away, she married her business partner, and when he died, she married a photographer named Mr. Pike. That's what my mother remembers calling him Mr. Pike. My grandma described her grandmother. She was not stingy or miserly, but she was a good businesswoman. She would help people out, but she expected to be paid back. However, it sounds like she took care of her own. During the Depression years, Grandma's aunt lived in the back apartment of the house. Etta lived on the main floor, and Grandma and her family lived in the basement. As the family grew, her dad would dig out and build another room in the basement for the ever-expanding family. Can you imagine that? Another baby's on the way. Let's dig out another room. Family gatherings took place every weekend upstairs in Grandma Etta's part of the house, where she would give the grandkids a dime for their banks and a bag of candy to share. Grandma said Big Brother Don did the divvying up, and Royal got his own bag of chocolate-covered peanuts. Grandpa's family was a transplant from England. His father and mother, William and Annie, came to America so that William could play in the Salvation Army Band in Michigan. He was found a job at General Motors, but the important piece was the band. My mother remembers her grandmother Annie as very English. Grandpa never talked about his family, so I don't know any stories about them. Grandpa was right in the middle as well, number five out of eight children. His sister Phyllis was number six. Incidentally, my mother's name is Phyllis. I know that both of them at one point in their lives lost a brother. My grandmother lost her older brother, Don. I believe it was a car accident. My grandfather lost his older brother, Fred killed on the job with the railroad, both of these brothers are remembered with namesakes of my grandparents' children. Grandpa proposed to my grandmother while my grandmother was still in high school. And my grandmother's father, Royal, said he would give his consent if they would wait until Lucille had graduated from high school. She told me he asked her to marry him on her front porch, and she was afraid to say anything to her dad because she knew she was too young. I like to think about these early years, how it shaped them, the people in their lives who made them who they were. My grandma was so wonderfully loving and giving, generous and kind. Did that come from her parents? having a mother with a disability, a father who worked tirelessly to care for his family during the difficult years of the Depression. My grandmother was no pushover either. She ran a household of eight children and managed my grandfather's electric company business. A little bit of her grandmother, perhaps? I don't know much about my grandfather's family. His fun-loving, jovial spirit seems a little incongruent with the stereotype of very English. There had to be some practical jokers in there somewhere. For my grandpa might reach out and kick you on the hiney as you walk by with the exclamation, My foot slipped! Or, if you ask him to pass you a roll, be prepared to catch it, or in passing the butter dish, take care. You might find he passed it farther than you wished, and you end up with butter all over your fingers. Also be careful of that hot spoon after he stirs his coffee, for he will place it on your arm for a quick little burn, and if you're not watching, you might end up with an ice cube down your back. He will greet you with a hearty hello, and ask, is everything copacetic? Grandpa worked as an electrician for Buick and then started his own electric company. My mother is the eldest of their eight children, and she remembers going to sites with her father and helping to wire a house. Of course, she tells me the boys went more often, and my Uncle Fred became an electrician, worked with his dad, and eventually took over the business when my grandfather retired. My mother talks fondly about the house she grew up in. The house on Macdonald Street, a little three bedroom house, where she shared a bedroom and apparently everything else with her sisters, Linda and Nancy. She would tell my sister and me how they would pool their money and buy clothes together. That way you doubled your wardrobe. My sister Lisa and I tried that one summer. It was a bad idea for us. For my mother and her sister Linda, however, it is a fond memory. I know she was a big help to her mother as the other children came along. My mom will often talk about her brother, Tim, as her baby. My mom was 15 when he was born and grandma was pretty sick after he came along. So she did a lot of the care for him as a baby. Then there is the story of my Aunt Anne. Before Annie was born, my mother was married and moved into her new home on Carlson Drive, and it came to pass that my mother and father were expecting their first child, due in November. Also, my grandmother and grandfather were expecting their eighth child, due in November. My dad, Dallas, and my grandfather Wally played together in the Salvation Army Band, and on this weekend in November, They were away on a band trip when a phone call was received. The person on the line asked for Wally, saying congratulations, the baby was born. All thinking that congratulations to Wally for being a grandfather and really the call should be for Dallas, but no, it's for Wally because he is a father once again. They really hadn't told many people about the baby, so everyone was very surprised. My sister, Lisa, was born six days later. I have asked my mother several times how she felt about being pregnant at the same time as her mother, and she's always been a little non-committal about it. My grandparents had eight children and 20 grandchildren. I'm not going to try and tell you how many great-grandchildren they have because my cousins keep having children, Oh, and now my daughter has added a great-great-grandchild to the fold. All eight children and 20 grandchildren will tell you that the lives of Wally and Lucille have had an overwhelming positive impact on their life. I am beyond grateful for them. Grandma never forgot a birthday or anniversary. When my children came along, she never forgot about them. She had a way of making me feel special, even in the middle of a crowd. Grandma has been gone now for a few years, and I miss her very much. Grandpa is 98 years old. He keeps his cornet right next to his chair so he can pick it up and play it whenever the mood strikes him. Each night before he goes to bed, he prays for each one of us by name. Truly, these are the very best people God ever created. When I last visited my grandpa, I turned on my phone recorder and began asking questions. It was casual, with my sister talking on the phone in the next room, and my mother sitting next to us, occasionally adding in her two cents. Every once in a while, you will hear the voice of my sister or the air conditioner coming on in the background. We left my mother's voice in there. The audio's not great, but she is. Grandpa turns 99 years old in July. We talked about all kinds of stuff and we were all over the place. So join us in the living room and listen in. So I'm thinking back, Grandpa. You were nineteen when Pearl Harbor was bombed. What was that like back during
2: Very work? bad for me because I wanted to get in the service. All my friends and friends were all in the service and I tried to get in and they couldn't get in.
0: Yeah. That's
2: very disappointing. But as it worked out it was the best thing that would happen because I got married and I started having kids, and I was only just 20 years old when I got married, so, since she was only 18.
0: But were you married before Pearl Harbor?
2: Pearl Harbor was 41, and we were married in 42, one okay. year, yeah. I was going to go to the Marines. Right. Yeah.
0: And then you couldn't go because something about your ear. Yeah, yeah.
2: yeah. I think there's one reason was I was turned down earlier from the Navy. I tried to enlist in the Navy, and they turned me down for some, I, don't, I can't remember what it was, appropriated air and, and something, something was wrong with my nose or something. Anyway, something like that. I don't remember. When I was in the Marine, they said, you ever bet it been turned down before? I should have kept my mouth shut. But I'm glad I didn't, because I would have went to war and maybe not got back.
0: Yeah. Maybe not got married. <laughs> right. Who knows what our history would have yeah, been yeah. if you had... Yeah.
2: I was very disappointed at the time, but it turned out okay.
0: Turned out okay. Because then you came back, because you came home and asked Grandma to marry you.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we were going pretty steady before that.
0: But, you know. Did you guys go to high school together? Were you in yes. the same high school?
2: We were, she was in the choir and I was in the band. We never dated too much in high, oh, in high school you didn't date in high school not too much no no I guess we did our senior year I guess I guess we' never seen she was only eight, 18 when she got married
0: so you weren't in the same grade then
2: no she was she was one year behind me they wouldn't they wouldn't let her get married till she graduated
0: Well that's good
2: yeah yeah yeah, yeah.
0: so you how did you meet grandma?
2: my main main time was at my sister's birthday party yeah she had a lot of boys chasing her she, she did yeah she was a good looking girl you know
0: was she yeah she had a
2: lot of guys i was a lucky guy to get her
0: uh, yes you were
2: yeah <laughs> the best thing that ever happened to me in my life was to marry her she's a wonderful lady 74 years together
0: that's pretty good yeah
2: and i don't think we had a hardly had a fight well we might i got a little disagreements at times but <laughs>
0: <laughs> a few maybe you know we had some tough times you did what were some of well, your tough times
2: uh, Buick Buick was on strike well out of a job sometimes you know
0: what did you do when Buick was on strike
2: I I, I, I had a job in, in Saginaw which was uh, about, uh, 30 30 40 minutes away and I hitchhiked like there every day every morning oh. it like back to Wow. Stocked a store. It was a store. Yeah. My my sister's husband was a butcher there. A butcher there, and he got me the job.
0: Just while Buick
2: was on strike. Yeah, yeah, just to get. I think I made twenty five dollars a week.
0: Oh my goodness. <laughs> yeah, that was it. How many kids did you have at the time?
2: Mm-hmm. I had Two, or th- two or three kids all the time. Yeah. We had a baby crib in the bedroom all the time. <laughs>
0: For a long time, (laughs)
2: yeah, in a a small house.
0: Yeah, Yeah. the house on McDonald Street. I've heard a lot about that house. Yeah,
2: McDonald Street. Yeah, six o (laughs) nine McDonald's. My 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 address on Robin Street, where I was brought up, was thirty five o five, six o nine McDonald's, forty four seventy six Atherton Road.
0: You know all of them. So, but the house on Robin Street, you guys lived. Was the, My my dad's parents uh, lived, lived on that street, stri- lo- lived across the street. He lived across the, uh, yeah, Art, Art lived across the
2: street, yeah, a little, little apartment up there. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. and yeah. you and my grandpa, my Art, Arthur, you guys worked in the same...
2: He, he worked at the Buick and I worked at the Buick, yeah, yeah. He was an inspector and I was, a, I was an electrician when I when I know him. I used to be able to roam around and I used to go mm-hmm. and see him a lot. A lot.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, Grandpa. Now tell me about playing football. I Little Wally is what they called it. I
2: played a lot of sandball, sand, sand, you know, in the yard and in the ground. And I, I, I couldn't get a uniform. So one of my friends went to the coach and You know, you ought to get him a uniform. He's a good player. So finally, I got a uniform.
0: Why and, couldn't you get a uniform?
2: I was kind of small. You were too uh, and, small. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and anyway, the, the, this guy said he's a good player. You get him. So I, I made the varsity my second year, and then a varsity second year, and then the third year I was a starter. My oh. last year was a starter. Okay. I was a. We called it halfback. It was a quarterback, halfback, and two halfbacks, and a fullback. Okay. Full. full. That's what we had back then. Quarterback, two halfbacks, and a fullback.
0: So you were a halfback.
2: I was a halfback. But but the halfback did most all the passing. The quarterback didn't throw like they do now. So you did the passing. Well, i done the passing. In my Thanksgiving Day game that I played in 1939, I threw two touchdown passes. Uh-huh. One, one to a, a fullback and one to a, I think it was an end. Yeah. And then we won that game over Central.
0: Yeah, and then going to the football games, that was always a tradition on Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving day.
2: We played, we played, we played, we played you, football on Thanksgiving, Northern and Central. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. You know
2: Atwood Stadium. That was best part of my life was playing football.
0: You like playing I, football? That's
2: why I love it today. <laughs> <laughs> well, football's always been interesting to be honest. When I, even when I was younger, we used to play in the fields and. Stuff like that.
0: Just pickup games with your friends. Pickup,
2: pick up, pick up games. Yeah, yeah. Actually, I was a pretty, pretty good pickup player. You yeah. know, that's how I happened to play football. And Northern. they said, "He's a good player."
0: Because you would play with your friends. Yeah. And then yeah, at yeah. school, they were like, and "Hey, they, coach." They
2: knew I was. They knew I was good. And they said, "Coach, you know, get him a get, get him a uniform." So I finally got a uniform.
0: Yeah. All right. So you didn't have. They didn't have like tryouts or anything. Not
2: really, though. No.
0: Of course, none of your boys really. Well, Uncle Don played football.
2: Don played at Albion, Albion College.
0: Okay. Yeah, he
2: played at Southwestern too. He started out at Southwestern High School.
0: So he was a football player, but the other... He was a
2: football player. He played played football in college, yeah.
0: I always remember when I was a little girl that it was always basketball. You would let us play, let the little kids play for a minute. We could play a game... And then it was to, okay. Now it's time for you guys to go, and so that we can play serious game of basketball.
2: Every 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 Sunday, Dallas would come over. We we play. We either play football or basketball, right, Phil? He didn't come over to see Phyllis. He came over to play sports, right, Phil? <laughs> That's what it seemed like.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. What did you think when when Dallas showed up to uh, say hello to your oldest daughter?
2: I always loved Dallas. He, he was always been close. To, I was always close to Dallas. As We had some nice conversations.
0: Yeah. I always
2: say to myself, I was a pretty good football player. I was a pretty good horn player. Pretty good at that, but never great.
0: Oh. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, you were a great grandpa. And I love
2: the kids. Always had a good time with the kids. We we've, we've, we've played everything. Kicked a can, marigara. Around the circle you go. and.
0: kick the Yeah, that, that little game you always played with us that would draw a magic circle on your back.
2: Uh, you, the two eyes and nose. And yeah,
0: yeah. A smile and somebody gently taps and hide-and-go-seek in your house. That was always the best game. Uh, I suppose
2: that was a good time, especially on McDonald's Street because we had little cubby holes up there in McDonald's Street. You'd climb into it. You could go from one bedroom to the other. Oh. In a, in a cubby hole, right, Phil? Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: We had be two fine. bedrooms
2: up there,
0: and I, I I built
2: bunk beds so we could all sleep. And the girls had one room, and the boys had the other. Three
0: of us yeah. and four of them. I had to do something.
2: No, had some place for the kids to sleep, right, Phil? Yeah. And we had fun up
0: there too. We had trouble with Phyllis though. The boys I loved Phyllis. Oh yeah, the boys liked Phyllis, huh? Oh yeah,
2: she has a couple boys.
0: One boy brought her
2: a, a, a pheasant one the film. Yeah, it was.
0: <laughs> Whoa, well, wait a minute, let's hear this story.
2: He was one I didn't really like very much, but he didn't give up.
0: And <laughs> Was it alive? A live pheasant? No, it wasn't. I don't think it was alive. I don't remember exactly, but I didn't take it, so.
2: <laughs> <laughs> he finally gave up. Yeah. Hmm. Down? Mm, yeah. I, I miss Dallas. He was a great guy. Mi almost,
0: Mi almost are dead.
2: And he could make that empholium sing.
0: Yes, he could. Yeah, you guys used to play duets just like
2: you and Wendy did. Yeah, we played a few few duets. He told me one time, You made a mistake there. I said, Oh no, I didn't
0: <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, he doesn't let you get away. He wouldn't let you get away with mistakes. No. He never did. Well, I always liked playing duets with you, Grandpa, when I was little. You would always just kind of just you know, getting started. Huh? Yeah, when we just got started, you you yeah. were always full of grace. You would just yeah. say, "Okay, that's all right. That's all right." <laughs> Downstairs well, in your basement. Well, I've had
2: played the cornet all my life. You know, I used to go to school and run home at noon to practice. Oh, you did? Oh yeah. Thanksgiving concert. We had to practice and practice. Get hard stuff. You know. I never really played solos on my own.
0: Right. No. You played in the solo cornet row. Yeah, oh, I
2: played solo. Play. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I played second cornet for a while, and I didn't like that at all. I played the lead all the time when Rolly comes over. He knows I like the lead better. I'm not very good on second parts.
0: <laughs> right, but they're not as fun. No. <laughs> when you started to play, was your dad? Was it your dad who taught you to play your horn?
2: Yeah, my dad. Always, he always he loved to play. Played Flugelhorn most of the time in the band. We used to play quite a bit. He, he he loved to play. So he
0: handed you your first instrument?
2: I think so, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, we saw some pictures of you in the uh, the photo album there playing in the Salvation Army bands.
2: Well, I played 48 years in that band. Got oh. a plaque in the other room for 48 years of service. I probably played under 10 or 15 bandmasters. Kenny Horton Dick Holman, Max Wood. Wow. Purdy Smith. I played under Bernie Smith. I played under Bill Himes.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So what's the story of um, when grandma was pregnant with Annie and Mom, Phyllis was pregnant with Lisa. You and Dad were you and my dad were on a band trip.
2: We were in Grand Rapids. Yeah. We were sitting at a table one day and said click, click, Hey, we just got news. They got a baby in Flint. I thought it was Phyllis, and he said, "No, it's Lucille." <laughs> so we were, they're only a week apart. Yeah. But I didn't. I didn't get home till the next day. I think it was that night when I got home. Yeah, she was still in the hospital. But...
0: but everybody else thought it was Phyllis too, right?
2: Everybody else thought it was Phyllis too. Yeah,
0: yeah,
2: <laughs> yeah. Well, actually, long, Grand Rapids wasn't that far away. I probably could have gotten a car and got there maybe. But we, we, we was. Played play a concert and stuff, you know.
0: So you played a concert after you found out that Annie oh, was yeah. born, and then you oh, yeah. then you headed yeah, home. Yeah. They were fine. They were in the hospital. They were taken care of. And yeah. <laughs>
2: yeah. Annie always reminded me, you wasn't there for my birth. for my birth. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's the only one I really missed, being, not being there. Yeah.
0: Of course, back in those days, the dads weren't allowed in the birthing room. You had to wait out in you the lobby, wait right? Yeah, the
2: waiting room, right. Then they come out and say, mm, "Here you, here's your baby.
0: Oh, and you went, thank you very much.
2: <coughs> thank you very much. And f- that was the first one over there.
0: That's right. Phyllis, my mom, first one.
2: Yeah, and that was that was the lady that had done it. Mm-hmm. She was the whole cause for the whole thing.
0: Yep, Grandma, she's pretty good. <laughs> you know what I'm curious about, Gramp? You worked at Buick, right? Buick, yeah, yeah. And then you started? I, I worked
2: 34 years at the Buick.
0: When but, did you start your electric business? Well, I, I was doing
2: that while I was at the Buick.
0: So, kind of as a side I done,
2: gig? I done, that, I done it in the evenings. Okay. I, I worked, worked in the Buick and then I, I wired houses in mm-hmm. this afternoon. And then I, I formed Gilmore Electric. So I, I was doing that while I was at the Buick.
0: What did you do at Buick?
2: Well, I started out on the assembly line and that, but I gradually became a electrician apprentice, Okay. and then gradually became electrician. Worked in a, I actually worked in the foundry in the spring works where they made springs. Oh, okay. That was my first. That job. was the
0: first job you had.
2: First job I had was testing springs, see how much pressure they would take, and then I gradually became electrician.
0: So that's where you learned your trade. Yeah. As an electrician at Buick. At Buick, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Mom tells me that she used to go out and help you sometimes.
2: Oh, yeah. I would be working in the evening, and she would bring one of the kids or something and bring my lunch to me while I was working, wiring houses. Yeah. yeah.
0: I remember when I w- would come to your house, you and Uncle Fred would be up before the crack of dawn.
2: Yeah, well, we, 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 we like to get there before before the plumbers and other people that we like to get there we don't, we don't like the people who are around can't work with other people you know yeah you want to get your job done and get it done and then Lucille's brother worked with me Lee, Lee mm-hmm. Uncle Lee he was a great guy
0: yeah
2: yeah and when I go on vacation he turned turned turn the visit over to him and he done a good job
0: so he would come out with you and Uncle Fred and
2: and Fred started real early before he graduated he was working with me. Right, yeah, he took in 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 high school it kind of a like trade school, I like, guess you know, he, he picked it up just like that.
0: he learned on the job from you, right,
2: yeah, he learned on the job from me he picked it up real quick, yeah, sure, real quick, yeah, when That's I right. turned the business over to him, he took good care of it, and, and he he' done a great job of, that. but he's retired now, yeah, does not do any of
0: it he doesn't
2: he's he's a happy retiree. <laughs> <laughs> People call him, you know, I don't, no, I'm retired. He doesn't retired.
0: do, oh, okay.
2: I'm retired. Yeah.
0: But you sometimes would take out your other kids out there on the job sometimes, oh, too. Oh, yeah, well,
2: they kid me now. You know, they paid
0: me five cents an hour. What kind of jobs did you give them when, when, when you took them out on the job with you? Well, they could pull a Romex. Wait, what does that mean, pull a Romex? Well, you drill a hole. Yeah.
2: And you take the Romex and... Pull it through the hole wire.
0: from box to box to box. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, your garage was always full of all kinds of wires and little knobs and all kinds oh, wire, of things. Wire nuts. Yeah.
2: Yeah, okay. you, things have changed, you know. We used to solder them, to twist them all up, solder them with a blowtorch.
0: Yes. <laughs> what do they do now? No, they just
2: uh, twist them together and put them wire nuts on
0: them. Oh, okay.
2: It's high tech anymore. It's amazing, but I'm a simple guy. I don't. I don't. I don't go for all that stuff. I don't even cell phones. There's lots of things I could get. You know, tape movies or tape football games. But I. I just don't do it. I always think one of the things that I always remember is God first, I was next, myself last. Mm. That's one of my things I always. I always think about that. That's good. God first, others next. I but, but you don't always do that. <laughs> you always say yourself first. <laughs> yeah. But that's, that's what Yeah. It
0: it's not easy to do that. No. Good work, my... Sunday
2: school.
1: This episode of On Carlson Drive was produced for Boogie Land Media by Randy and Wendy Bonifield and distributed through our friends at podbean.com. All stories were written, edited, and narrated by Wendy Bonifield. All original music and music arrangements are written and performed by Randy Bonifield. Remember to subscribe and please like, add, friend, and review this podcast wherever you find us. Follow On Carlson Drive on Facebook and Instagram at username on Carlson Drive. And be sure to visit our website at oncarlsondrive.com. Special thanks to all our friends and families who, unbeknownst to them, were writing the stories we tell simply by living them. Join us in two weeks for a new episode. Until then, thank you for listening to On Carlson Drive.